Sports Pen coming at you here on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along per usual on this Thursday afternoon. Well, it is Local 3 Thursdays. That's a name for it around these parts. And per usual, Jake's in the studio with me. What's up, Jake? Man, not not too much. Uh, getting ready for a big big week yep. weekend, big Sunday in the NFL, uh, and flowing over into Monday and night. A bigger Monday, you know. Uh, obviously, the Packers and Vikings are going to be playing in a very mean, meaningful game. I'm I'm looking forward to that Dallas Cowboys Philadelphia Eagles game. That one's are you be, really? I don't even think either of those fan bases are looking forward to that game. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, reality is going to hit one of these teams. <laughs> um, I do you know there's just so much talk around it in the national media. It's the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and they were supposed to be this Super Bowl team, and and who knows? Maybe if they sneak in, they can get it going. And I know their they fans. Won't. I know their fans are holding off. You know, they have a sliver of hope that it's going to happen. But um, I'm just interested to see. I want to see if Carson Wentz can step up. Obviously, mm-hmm. this is. He said this was going to be his biggest game of his career. Probably is. Dak. This is very very well could determine how much he's going to be getting paid. Um, I would I would have to guess if they. They fall short of the playoffs. He might be getting paid significantly less, mm-hmm. or that's one less chip than than if he says, "Oh, I led the team to the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera." And and who knows? Maybe if they actually get in, anything can happen. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, man, I've just been busy. Yeah. It's been busy. You know, we're getting close to Christmas break, but it seems like you know we're trying to get stuff set up for for obviously next week and things like that, and and get ahead so we can go into the new year kind of rejuvenated and, and caught up and things like that. So um, just been covering you know high school basketball, uh, high school hockey, obviously the Packers, Lions, etc., and and just running around, man. It's been crazy. We are at that time of the year where. High school and college basketballs in action. High school and college hockey. High school wrestling, college skiing, and all the winter sports that go along with it. I'm ready for a little time off next week. Enjoy some time with family. Celebrate. What are you doing for Christmas? You know, uh, a lot of I'm. You know, I'm from the UP. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. from Marquette. I, I moved here from Hancock when I was one years old. So I'm from Marquette. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So I yeah, that. I was born up there, up that way, and. Um, so a lot of my family's, you know, up in that area or down here in Marquette. So normally I just we just get together, uh, you know, with with I have two sisters, one younger sister, one older sister, my mother, um, you know, aunts and things like that, mm-hmm. and we just kind of hang out, man, and just catch up. And and everyone's so busy, you know. I'm at that age. I'm, I'm I just turned thirty this year, so you know I'm very busy. And, and my sisters, you know, my younger sister's one year younger than me, and I have a sister that's a few years older than me. So we're all very busy in our lives, mm-hmm. and um, you know. It's just nice to get back and catch up and just, you know, talk and and just have a good time and and enjoy the holiday. You and I started doing this show together in 2018. You've been here doing it longer than I have. Well, I, I feel like I've caught up to you a number of episodes, but you started doing it before I did. This is our last show of 2019. The next time we're on air together is 2020, which still hasn't sunk in. Yeah, I mean, the years, as as you get older, I feel like the years... Uh, they Speak go by up. so much faster, and, and I actually was thinking about this the other day when mm-hmm. I was driving to one of the high school basketball games. I was just like, man, you know, I always complain about the weather, I always complain about the cold, but you know, I gotta realize, like, okay, it's, it's really winter most of the time, and, mm-hmm. and if I keep going to my day, like, I can't wait for winter to be over, I can't wait to, for winter to be over, and just waiting for those two, three months of summer, mm-hmm. you know, the years are just going by so <laughs> fast, cause I'm just, I'm just always thinking about, 
can't wait for the for May, for June, for May, for June, and things like that. So I'm um, just trying to slow down and just enjoy it. And yeah, I mean, time just flies by. It's crazy, and it's kind of crazy to think that I've I've been doing this since obviously um, before you showed up mm-hmm. with with Blake, and he for some reason took a chance on me and got me on the show. <laughs> and and like I said, every week I I come back, I'm surprised. But um, you know, thank you for the opportunity. It's been it's been a great time, and looking forward to you know what we do in 2020. Once we find a loophole, we're gonna get you out of here. We're gonna impeach you. <laughs> you're waiting. Yeah, you're we're right. gonna get impeached from the sports. Hey, as, it has to pass the Senate. I'm still gonna be here. <laughs> you, you don't want to win the election for me now. <laughs> Tell you what, uh, Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, with you. Speaking of Blake Froling, I'm glad you brought him up because we have something special coming up. We have something special in the works here at ESPN UP. I am gonna fly home to Iowa Saturday morning. I'll be there until the 29th. But we are going to have sports pen content next week. So this is the plan, ladies and gentlemen. Tuesday and Wednesday, the office is closed for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Friday, we're going to air Michigan State's bowl game. The Pinstripe Bowl can be heard here in ESPN-UP during the sports pen hour. Monday and Thursday, we have a specialty show, the 2010s in review, the decade in review. So Monday at 4 is our number one, part one, as we recap what the sports pen in ESPN-UP has gone through over the last decade. I'm going to talk with all four of my predecessors here at ESPN-UP, Blake Froling, Ryan Mayer, Ryan Marine, and Casey Ford, and we're all going to recap the decade and talk about some of our favorite experiences, some of our favorite guests, our favorite shows, games we got to cover, and then part two, second hour, coming up on Thursday. Both of those at 4 o'clock. You don't want to miss that. And then Sunday morning, you can hear both hours as part of a special from 10 to 12 here in ESPN-UP, and then it'll eventually find its way on demand. We put in a lot of work with this, so I'm excited. You know, we're putting the fishing touches on it, and I'm excited for this to air. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously being in the area, I was here when, when this whole thing kicked off a decade ago, and, and um, you know, I know Ryan Marine. I wasn't ever on the show with him, mm-hmm. but but I've talked to him many times. I actually last saw him last time he was in town. We yep. met up, we saw each other at, at a store, and we sat and talked. He's doing really big things in the, the race car. He's in Europe right now. Yeah, I mean, He's doing, in Amsterdam. Just, just, he moved on and just blew up, and, and covering the sport he loves. He was always a you know a race car guy, loved to drive fast and things like that. And, and obviously, Blake... Um, taking the next step, and he's downstate doing big things, and and he was always just a really nice guy. So um, I do have experience with both of those guys. That I still talk to them to this day. Um, I'm sure the guys before them were were just as good. And and yeah, I mean a lot of stuff happened in those past decades. So I'm definitely excited for for that show, and I'll definitely be tuning in. Well, I tell you what, going back to what you were talking about earlier, how busy we are. I just want to plug that we have Westwood Patriot girls basketball tonight here in ESPN UP playing as part of a back to back. 7 o'clock pregame and 7.15 tip as they take on Manistique to close out 2019. Last night we were down in, Mon- in uh, Menominee. It was a great game, by the way. I want to tell you about my dinner quick, and I don't know if I can name the restaurant because of, like, sponsorship, what have you, but Jared Kosky, you know, he does the broadcast with us. He has two daughters on the team, and I went down with his family. Uh, we all made the trip to the game together. And he is the right guy to go on road trips with because he knows all of the best restaurants anywhere that we go for a game. And last night was no exception. So we go down to this place in Menominee and get a pregame meal before the broadcast. He tells me that it's this, you know, it's, I mean, it's bar food. You know, it's a, it's a sports bar and, you know, they had basketball on. So I think it's a sports bar, but uh, the food there, they had some kind of special. It was Wabash Wednesday. 
So, yeah. Did, I'm trying uh, to, like, connect the dots and wonder if I've been here. A Wabash sandwich. You know, it's a burger. But so here's the thing. Their specialty is you get one pizza and two double cheeseburgers they call a Wabash. You get all that for $13. So you and a pal each get a burger and you split the pizzas. It costs you each about six fifty. So that's what Jared and I decided to do last night. They bring out this pizza that is just dripping in grease. And usually I don't like greasy pizza. This was delicious. This pizza was delicious, just covered in pepperoni. So much to the fact I could not like see the cheese on the top. It was just like layered in pepperoni. And if I would have closed my eyes, I would have thought it was bacon. It was really crisp pepperoni. So we get the pizza first, and we just destroy that pizza. And then the burgers come out. And they're these double cheeseburgers that have melted butter on top of the patty and the cheese. And I'm, I'll tell you what, it was delicious. It was the worst meal mm. I've ever eaten in my life. And it's not because of the taste. It was far from because of the taste. But because afterwards, I just felt so <laughs> nasty and disgusting and just wondered how I could have done yeah. that. How I'm going to, like, I was, <laughs> I I feel like I was being weighed down to the point where I couldn't <laughs> do the broadcast. I'm just going to the gonna game. I was going to say, how, I wonder how, how were you and Jared going into it, just lethargic? I am, by the third quarter of the game, my stomach is, like, making those weird gurgle sounds. I am just sweating. I feel like I'm like, this was a bad idea. Yeah. But <laughs> it was it was delicious. Don't get me wrong. And you know what? If you want to try it, it's, it's something... Most people, I don't want to say everyone, mm-hmm. you know, because of health reasons, but most people should try at least once. If you're in Menominee and you get this chance and can go get a Wabash, I may try it again someday. I don't know. I haven't learned my lesson. I might try it, but that was the best, worst pregame meal I have ever mm-hmm. had. You know, um, normally when I'm in that area and I want to stop for food, um, there's this, like, world-famous burger joint. I don't know if this – I don't I, don't think they serve anything but like their world famous burgers. <laughs> I don't even know if I can say the name, but people out there know what I'm who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I usually stop. So I never really go outside of that, you know. So maybe I will, um, but my mouth is salivating right now just because I'm I'm kind of on a diet right now. So I've been eating clean, but that it does sound amazing. I I had a typical thing happen to me. I stopped at a restaurant um, and I got this massive burger, mm-hmm. but on the burger it was it had all the fixings on it, but then they've like put like six mozzarella sticks on it <laughs> so so it's this massive burger could barely fit it like you barely bite into it and i felt the same way i, I felt like i was just sweating grease and and things like that so um it, once in a while you do got to splurge yeah. like that but yeah i don't want to do that too often that is not an every day or even an every week place maybe not even if every you, month if you have like place. a cheat day you know yeah. if, you, if you're eating clean and and you know you want to have I your think that counts day. for like Five cheap. And that's kind of, you know that's kind of what I do. I, I try to eat clean during the week, but then I have like on a Sunday, you know, when I'm watching football or something, mm-hmm. like I won't care what I'm consuming, and it doesn't matter how many calories. I just go for it, and it's so good. I can't believe I did that, but you know what? I don't regret it because you know it took care of itself. I guess resolved <laughs> itself, but uh, <laughs> nature took its course. <laughs> I tell you what, it was delicious, but. Just it was at the same time delicious and worse, not because of the taste. It was the worst dinner I think yeah. I've ever had. You know, oh, I, I always wonder if why are the worst or the best things the worst exactly. for you? Why is that a thing? It can't be. It can't be true. I know. I don't think there's truth. Is everyone through. just getting tested every like this is a big test. I really think Willpower. it's a myth. I think it's all in our head. It could be. They could be lying to us. <laughs> I tell you Sometimes what. I think they are. 
We have been on air for a little over 10 minutes and virtually have talked about no sports. What Why does happened? this happen? I feel I like this happens all the time. I leave this show and I'm like, did we even talk about sports? This is what happens with Levitar. That's what them and Stu That's what Local, three, that's what local three Thursdays are. We don't really to touch sports. We touch everything else. And then we kind of dabble in it. I promise to do so on the other side of this break. We'll get into a sports pen picks. We'll preview tonight's Lakers-Bucks game. All that and more coming up here in the sports pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops. Jake Durant with you. Glad you're along this Thursday afternoon. Tell you what, we've got NFL games to pick from. We've got a weird schedule this week, Jake. I don't know why the NFL does this, but at the end of the year, they're just kind of like, let's try something new. Let's put like three games on a Saturday, have no Thursday night football. This will be our last night of Monday night football, which I kind of get because Black Monday is a week from now. And I tell you what, this is what the schedule looks like. We're going to do the three Saturday games and then a Sunday night game the Sunday night game, and the Monday night game. So here's what we're looking at this week. By the way, you and I are still tied for the lead. We're both at 49 and 26. We have a three-game lead. So we've got Houston at Tampa Bay in game one this week, and that'll be 1 o'clock Saturday. You see, it's it's tough because you, you don't really know like what teams are just tanking, You know who whose mind is, is really into it and things like that. Obviously, Houston is the better team. Mm-hmm. Will Tampa Bay want to come out and just end the season, try to end the season with momentum? I don't really know. I'm going to go Houston just because they're the better team. Yep. I do like Bruce Arians. I do like what he's been doing. I think Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are, you know, one of the best tandem wide receivers, maybe the best two receivers in the league. And, um, you know, the the Texans have been up and down. Yep. They, they haven't been that dominant team that we've thought they were going to be and they've lost some games where you're just kind of like really did that mm-hmm. did that really happen so um i'm gonna go houston just because you know i just trust their team a little bit i agree plus chris godwin and his status will he play with that hamstring i don't know mm-hmm. that just it, it worries me so i'm gonna go with houston as well how about the afc east championship buffalo at new england buffalo you know these two teams they played earlier in the year it was actually a pretty close game mm-hmm. um there's just so much going on with New England, mm-hmm. whether it be Spygate 2.0. Um, are they cheaters? Are they not? I don't really know. Um, Tom Brady's been playing really bad. I feel like he's due for just, you know, not not a crazy game, but he's due to, to have a decent game, mm-hmm. I would think. But will they do it against but that defense? will he defense? do it against that defense? That defense is really good, and obviously um, Buffalo is a, is a wild card possible team, and they're still playing for a lot. So I, it, I still can't go with... I still can't go against New England. I just can't. I got to go with Tom Brady. Not in Foxborough. No. If this game was in Buffalo, I'd probably pick him. Right. I probably would. I mean, the Chiefs went in there and beat him. So I in mean, Foxborough, yeah, but the Chiefs and their offense compared to Buffalo and their offense, I, I just, don't know. That's true, and I just don't. But I just don't have that. I just don't have that aura. That I don't think the Patriots have that like unbeatable aura that they once had. They don't. No. You know so. Would I be surprised if Buffalo went in there and won that game? It's a huge game for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I just can't go against the Patriots. I just can't. I tell you what, the late game on Saturday, we've got an NFC West battle. You've got San Francisco at home against the Rams. This one's kind of interesting because at any point, L.A. can can explode and be that like high-powered offensive team that w- once was when they made that Super Bowl run. 
really recently, but mm-hmm. they're completely different team. I feel like San Francisco they they gotta kind of reinsert themselves. They they fell to an Atlanta Falcons team who they shouldn't have lost to. No. That was the most surprising game result of last week. Um, so I feel like San Francisco is going to come in with something to prove. You know, I do think they're a juggernaut. They're really, really good, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. So I'm going to go San Fran. I will, too. Uh, this game was part of our pick earlier when they played in L.A., and I picked the Rams, and the Niners won 20-7. to So I'm not going to make that mistake again. We both have San Fran winning. How about Sunday night football? You've got Kansas City at Chicago. I just think, you know, Pat Mahomes, Kansas City, I just think they're the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chicago just hasn't been able to figure it out. Nope. They just haven't been able to. They, you know, the defense has been good. They're not on the level they were just a year ago. They've been solid. Yeah. But they don't, like, they don't put fear in teams as much as they used to when no. Khalil Mack was screaming off the edge and just destroying games. And Eddie Jackson was... Seemingly getting a pick every game. So. And no more Danny Trevathan. Exactly. So they're, they're hurting inside in that defensive line as well. So um, I just like Kansas City better. They're a high-powered offense. I just don't think Chicago can keep up score, you know, offensively with them scoring. I would agree. Kansas City, we have winning on the road Sunday night football. Will we break the tie with Monday night football? We've got Green Bay at Minnesota. We saw this coming. The Vikings with no Dalvin Cook. You know, I'm going Green Bay. I okay. think Green Bay has something to prove. Listen, they had they've only had a handful of these prove 'em games this mm-hmm. whole season, and they've come up short. Most recently, when they traveled to San Francisco, and it was supposedly supposed to be this this huge juggernaut battle, you know, of giants in the NFC back and forth. And Green Bay kind of they kind of you know crumbled. And yep. and the problem with with the Packers is anytime someone comes out and hits them in the mouth right away, they don't respond. You know, they fall apart, they get out of rhythm, Matt LaFleur has to go away from his game plan, and then he it doesn't look like he can do much. Aaron's just dropping back, dancing, and if he can't get the home run ball, he never checks down, he just throws it away. He's shaking his head, everyone's frustrated, and and the defense kind of does the whole, we're going to bend but not break, and then sometimes they break. So um, it's just never good. So this is, a, this is a game where Green Bay, they're 11-3. They're a contender, they're... You know, a Super Bowl team in my eyes. The national media hasn't been giving them credit because, yeah, they're you know, they're one of the only like playoff teams that doesn't really have an identity. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what you're going to get from this offense. One week, Aaron Jones looks like the best back in the league, and they're getting the ball all the time. Another week, Aaron's you know dropping back and, like I said, just dancing and and they're trying to you know pass the ball too much and they don't really have a good balance. And sometimes the defense is looking like a pretty d- good defense, and then sometimes they're looking pretty bad. So you just never know what you're going to get. So this is a proven game. I feel like Green Bay is going to go in there, NFC North Championship on the line. I think they're going to get the win. Obviously, you know, Minnesota without Dalvin Cook, it's a little bit of a better shot, even though I know they have a backup running back. I keep blanking on his name. Alexander Madison. Alexander, keep that name in your head because he's, he, he's pretty darn good. He's pretty good. And, you know, he's been playing alongside Dalvin Cook all season. You're not going to tell me he's not going to pick up some things and, and you know, kind of study what Dalvin Cook is doing and things like that. And I think he ran ran the ball four times against Green Bay in their first matchup in Week 2, and he almost had seven yards of carry. So um, it's not going to be easy. That defense is for real. Mike Zimmer always has a good defense. Their linebackers are super fast. I think Eric Kendricks, he's a, he's a Pro Bowl snub in my eyes. Yeah. He's one of the best linebackers, coverage linebackers there is. And, you know, that def- that whole team is just completely different at home. They're undefeated at home. I don't know what it is. They get like a jolt when they're at home. They're, mm-hmm. they just, they're flying around. You know, they, they're successful. Kirk Cousins has been playing really good. I think 
probably Kirk Cousins should have been a Pro Bowler, not Aaron Rodgers. I think that was kind of just a popularity vote there. So, I mean, there's still this is not going to be an easy win. It's going to be a really good game. Um, I'm going to say Green Bay just wins a close one. I don't know. This one's tough. I, I would hate to lose this pick this whole season's pick <laughs> on this one game because, like, six weeks ago you said this is going to come down. I've said this 16 weeks okay, ago. What? I said this since the beginning of the season. Right, right. Well, for, well, what if, from what this I remember. This is a prove-me game for me, so we, not just this the has kind of been This has kind of been, you know, in the making for for we've all seen it mm-hmm. you know we've all seen it coming so it's it's coming down to this and uh i'm gonna go green bay a little bit because i'm just a fan i hate to say <laughs> it. i might not be going i'm going with my heart a little bit more than my head so we're gonna see i tell you what this will determine the tie because we've been in agreement for the first four games this week this one will this break the tie and see who's going to take the lead because i'm taking minnesota i know it's kirk cousins on prime time on monday night football but mike zimmer still never lost to the packers at home and like you said bikes are just good at home only unbeaten team at home in the mm-hmm. nfl this season i mean something's got to give like you said kirk mm-hmm. cousins never won won in a Monday night football game. The Packers have never won in their new stadium. <laughs> so something's got to give, man. And the Vikings, I'm, I'm, I respect the Vikings because Green Bay has been, you know, playing really well all season. I mean, they've been winning games. I don't know if they've been playing really well. Ugly wins. But Minnesota's kept themselves in a position to possibly kind of sneak in there and make some noise right at the end. So um, it's two, two of the best NFC North teams going at it. You can't ask really for anything better in the NFL. Either way... The pressure is much more on the Vikings than it is on the Packers. I mean, they're both going to make the playoffs. They're already in double-digit wins. But even if Green Bay loses, they still control their own destiny as far as the NFC North because that Chicago loss that Minnesota suffered early on in the mm-hmm. season, right now that's the tiebreaker. That would favor Green Bay and give yeah. them the divisional title. So Minnesota is going to have to beat Green Bay, then hope Green Bay loses to the Lions in Week 17 in order to win right. the division. Then Minnesota's got to win themselves in mm-hmm. Week 17. So the pressure in that sense is more on the Vikings. Right now, there's more pressure on the Packers to get a top-two seed, get a yes. first-round bye, than there is to win the division. Yeah, and I was saying, they they need, they need. I feel like Minnesota's a team that's more built to where they could go on the road mm-hmm. and win a little bit, you know, have a better shot at winning just because they can run the ball. And I just think their defense is just... I wouldn't say a lot better than Green Bay, but they're definitely next level type of defense. Mm-hmm. Just a lot faster, you know, a little bit more talented on pretty much every level. So I think that bodes well. I think Minnesota, you could, I would, I could see Minnesota going on the road against a very good team in like the wild card round and winning a game. If if the Packers got to do it, you know, those are the, that's the type of t- the games. If they had to go back to like San Fran, I feel like they'd get blown out, you know, and things like that. So that first round bye and possibly playing a, a game at home is huge, is much more important to the Green Bay team. Well, you see, if Minnesota does win, that could potentially knock Green Bay to the three seed. We all know Dallas is going to get the four seed, but right now well, is, the Saints, are Dallas, Dallas, oh, okay, Dallas is going to win it. Oh, okay, I just I trust. Their roster more than Philly. Okay, let's just say whoever wins the NFC least, because Philly could still do it. I don't think they will, but whoever wins that is going to get the fourth seed. The Saints right now are Vikings fans because if they knock off the Packers, the Saints are in the driver's seat to get a first-round bye along with whoever wins the West, which means that if the Vikings beat the Packers on Monday, that's another potential first-round playoff matchup mm-hmm. in Lambeau. Right. So, so it would be... Green Bay versus Green Bay and Minnesota at, at Lambeau. Lambeau. I wouldn't mind that. No? I definitely wouldn't mind that. I think Green Bay. I think Green Bay could could beat Minnesota at home, and I do think Green Bay could go on the road and, and potentially beat the Saints. Mm-hmm. 
Um, going on the having to play the Niners, that's like that team is built to beat the Packers. Yeah. Um, and it seems like they've always been when they're really good. They just they they're strong at where the Packers are weak, and and uh, I'm I'm more worried about that Niners team more so than 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 the Saints and obviously the Vikings. So, um, I mean that's that's the great thing about where we are right now in the mm-hmm. NFL season with just two weeks left. So much can happen. Um, I'm just happy that Green Bay kind of controls their own destiny and and you know they can they can potentially win out and and have a first round bye. You really have like five different teams in the NFC that could win that conference and go to the Super Bowl. You've got five teams with ten wins or more. AFC right now just feels like it's the Ravens to lose because how do you game plan against them? How do you stop them if you're going up against them? Yeah, I mean it's it's tough because they put so much pressure on you. They got. Three tight ends mm-hmm. that can catch the ball and and score multiple touchdowns in a game. They got they've never really had like great wide receivers outside of like Steve Smith mm-hmm. or like um, what is it? Torrey Smith was there or something like that. <laughs> um, but they never you know now they have Hollywood Brown that can yep. kind of stretch the field and Willie Sneed's been really solid for them. Mm-hmm. And but they don't have like an elite receiver. But I know Lamar loves to go to the tight ends yep. and then. Obviously, Mark Ingram, he's just a bully. Mm-hmm. He's a bully. He just he wears you down. Um, they got a backup there. I'm not really good with backups, but mm-hmm. who's really good. Um, and then you got to always worry about Lamar running the ball, and he can throw the ball. So, mm-hmm. so what do you stop? You know, what what do you stop, and what do you you know try to just hope doesn't beat you? Um, obviously, I feel like you got to kind of surround Lamar and don't let him get running. That's key, mm-hmm. um, and really make them try to keep them in the pocket. But like like you said, I don't know. I, I think Pittsburgh, if if they were to go up against them, really? they got a defense okay. um, that could really, you know, it's pretty versatile, and they can send multiple things at Lamar and, and you know, Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, looking back at that trade, what a trade there for the Steelers. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was saying that Green Bay should have went after him, and, mm-hmm. and people are going crazy because uh, yeah, our secondary is fine. I'm like, but this guy's a little bit different. Everybody should yeah, go after This guy's Minka a little bit different. For a first-round pick, yes, they should. No one, no one want to listen, but. Anyways, um, I think like Pittsburgh, like that mm-hmm. would be a, a solid matchup. Obviously, offensively, it's not even close. Right. But I feel like that defense could could cause some issues. That you you need somebody that can really throw multiple looks at Lamar and, and things like that, and just try to corral him, try to keep him in the pocket. I really do feel like that. There's only one team that could deny the Ravens a trip to the Super Bowl by outscoring them, and that would be Kansas City. And they did that earlier this mm-hmm. year. If you want to get in a shootout with the Ravens, the only team that has a chance in the AFC is Kansas City. But if you run into a really good defense, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Baltimore's defense is, they are. is really good. good. Yeah. You know, I think obviously I think Baltimore is the better overall team. That would be a great game to see. Mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, oh, oh my goodness. That'd be really cool. I would be down for that. Um, but I, I do agree. Um, I could see Kansas City going in there, you know, keeping up with the scoring end of it, and mm-hmm. then you know just making the the plays late to win. Um, you know, New England. I mean, it's tough because obviously they've been so good, but right now they're like kind of on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, it's they're kind of like a little bit where Green Bay is right now in the NFC. Like they're there, but like there's no really no momentum. Right. They're, they're kind of struggling. They don't really know what they're doing they're in the media saying still a lot of room for improvement it's like we got two weeks left guys we should <laughs> should know who we are we should know what we're doing and you know quite tom brady that offense is kind of in question and mm-hmm. and obviously they have some distractions outside so um if they can get on the right page and, and really put it together i mean new england's defense has been great so 
that's another team that could potentially obviously come out of the AFC. I'm stating the obvious here. I tell you what, last thing before we hit the break, I want to go back to something you said earlier. What was more egregious, if the Pro Bowl voting were to actually matter, if people actually cared about it, what was more egregious, Aaron Rodgers getting in over Dak Prescott or Zeke Elliott getting in over Aaron Jones? I, would have, I think the NFL got it wrong on both cases. I would have to say, I would have to say the fact that I felt like Aaron Jones deserved to be a pro bowler more than Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So the fact that uh, Zeke Elliott, he's a great running back, but yeah. he's had so many games where he's just kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like Aaron Jones should have made it over Zeke, and, and honestly, um, I don't think Aaron should be a pro bowler, and that's just me. Yeah. I, I don't think he's had a great year. I witnessed him play live, and, and it, um, it's not just the receiver's fault. You know, a lot of people want to be like, oh, he's not throwing anybody. Mm-hmm. If you really watch the tape or you're there live and you kind of see, you know, the field, he's missing guys. Yep. He's not seeing the field like he used to. And he's back there dancing. And he's not checking down. Just mm-hmm. check down. Make the play. Don't don't go for the big play. First first option, check the second option, and then just throw it away or mm-hmm. take the sack. That's what he's been doing when you got somebody coming out of the backfield or someone streaking down the sideline from the backfield. Or um, Jay Sternberger was open two, three times, wide open down the field, and Aaron tossed it to Jimmy Graham yep. just because he's not used to looking to, J- to the rookie Jay Sternberger. So um, I felt like Aaron's just not even close to having one of his best years, no. and, and I just didn't I, – I, I was shocked. I was actually shocked he made the Pro Bowl. I'm serious. His expected completion percentage is actually negative right now. He's not completing the throws he's mathma- uh, mathematically expected to, and nothing to you know take away no. from him. I, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, absolutely. Father Time's just unbeaten, right. though, and it's starting to catch up there in a little bit. Right, and, and he set the bar so high for himself, mm-hmm. obviously, and he's still a solid quarterback. I mean, you know, he's yeah. middle of the pack right now. Um, but even when he does have wide open guys, his arm's not the same. He's mm-hmm. he's missed guys. He's overshot guys, um, and it, it's looking like maybe they're just not on the same page. But at some point, it's kind of like just get get the ball to him or those long plays when guys are actually open. They're underthrown balls. They're underthrown balls. He's just not as he's just not been as accurate. I just don't know if he's seeing the field as well, um, or or if the new offense has kind of got his thought process just a little, you know. Mm-hmm. scattered a little bit i don't really know what it is i think that's may, might be the case where it's just a new offense and he's still trying to learn a little bit but um he's just not as sharp he's just not as, you know and that that's age i'm not as sharp as i was 10 years ago <laughs> i mean to be completely honest with you so i kind of feel where he's coming from Tanner hoops jake durant with you let's take our next time out as we just get past the halfway point in our show when we come back a college football playoff unlike most models that just is beautiful when you lay it all out in front of you. Plus, one of Jake's favorite theories, well, did they put a kibosh on it? We'll talk about that next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad you're along. Here's your Sports Center update. The Jacksonville Jaguars have fired Executive Vice President Tom Coughlin after it was announced that roughly 25% of grievances filed to the NFL Players Association were against the Jaguars. The Oklahoma football team has suspended starting defensive end Ronnie Perkins and two other players for the Peach Bowl against LSU after failing drug tests. Mm. And finally, a professor at Truman State University in Kirksville, Missouri, has been arrested after he tried to solicit sex from an undercover police officer by attempting to bribe him with gifts, which included an Arby's gift card. 
57-year-old Barry Pointer was accused by a male student of trying to solicit sexual favors. An undercover police investigation was launched. An officer posing as a college student said that Pointer contacted him via the Grinder app using the screen name DILF, stated that he wanted to have a, quote, sugar daddy relationship, and then offered to fill the officer's gas tank and give him an Arby's gift card. That story got better with every word, with every sentence. That just got more compelling. You know, I, I, nothing surprises me anymore, to be honest. And um, talk about just just a just bad luck for that guy. I mean, geez, that's just not something you want to do, man. And um, I, if that guy, if if it, let's just say that guy was an officer, is mm. that a really good like? offer for something like that i don't really <laughs> i love it he like says, how much is on the arby's gift card like i want to know here's the thing are you really a sugar daddy if you're offering arby's if that's your sugar i mean <laughs> some, some people count? might consider that yeah I don't but know. i mean come on that that's not what i think of when i'm thinking sugar daddy right but. no i saw i i didn't click on the story but mm. i saw the headline um <laughs> on one of my news feeds and i'm just like oh my goodness like what is going on in this world i got unlimited arby's i wonder if he owns one or something unlimited arby's he had the meats i tell you what <laughs> anyways Tanner, who's checked rant with you glad to have you along that tom coughlin story is pretty interesting though when you consider that 25 percent of player grievances were filed against the jaguars under coughlin's command and you literally had the nflpa telling players don't sign with this team sign with any of the other 31 teams but don't sign with jacksonville to me i'm just i'm shocked and you know i like coughlin he won two super bowls with eli manning and the giants he says he still wants to be in football dude you're almost 80 Go have a margarita on the beach. I mean, enjoy your retirement. This guy's a grumpy old man. And I understand you need to have some authority and keep people in line. But when you start abusing the power and you start having players, current players on the roster, literally in the media, on their social media accounts, saying how much they dislike this guy and this guy's directly affecting your team you know you're not going to get players to resign there mm-hmm. if, if you got to deal with that every day he's just a grumpy old man and and um i'm sure some of the things were warranted but what i'm what i was reading and what i was hearing like this guy was just looking to find somebody for any little thing and i know mm-hmm. dante fowler one of their linebackers just won a won an appeal of ninety nine thousand yeah. dollars because he was like on the sideline last year's game i don't know if he was sick or something but um he was on the sideline trying to support his team and and he was fined ninety nine thousand dollars for it and that's insane and and um i mean they did the right thing mm-hmm. like you said tom coughlin he's respected he's done he's achieved a lot of stuff in the nfl obviously with the giants and etc but yeah my man like what are you doing like mm-hmm. if that's what you're there for and you're ruining relationships burning bridges i mean i don't i don't know what team would want to bring him in um because a lot of it's you know relationships and if you're you're burning those with players and and now you're becoming the the team no one wants to go to or to try to avoid that team they had it they had to do it they yep. had to release him they had to fire him and and uh um, I think it was a good move for Jacksonville. He is a very militant style personality, mm-hmm. and he is still stuck in the 1970s as far as how things are done right. and conducted. You know, he is still operating the way things did 50 years ago. He just does not change with the times. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. In this case, it was a bad thing because of what happened. But this Jaguar team is going to look so different next year. No Coughlin, probably no Doug Marone, probably no Dave Caldwell, probably no Nick Foles. There's going to be a whole new regime in Jacksonville next year. Yeah, and so it's crazy how quick things can change. I mean, 
they were just just seconds, you know, just just a game away, a few plays away from making the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, with a very scary defense, a young defense that looked hungry. Um, obviously, that Blake Bortles, but he was playing out of his mind at the time. <laughs> uh, they just can't get it right, and and that's why. If you're a fan of a team that has had consistent success, or you know, have has always been in the pitcher and things like that, you got to be very grateful because there are teams that are struggling. Cleveland's been struggling trying mm-hmm. to get it together. Obviously, Jacksonville is one of those teams. Um, and even if it looks like one year you can have it going on, Detroit they had it going on. Oh, yeah. You know, they had a really good year and then they fell off again. You know, things like that. So um, you got to find consistency and. And, uh, yeah, for Jacksonville, that's just a shame because I was really high on them just a few years ago. Well, I tell you what, I want to get to this because bowl games start tomorrow. We get our first bowl games. We got the Frisco Bowl. I think the Bahamas Bowl is the other one, which I get it. You know, it's like Buffalo and Charlotte playing against each other. But they do play in Nassau in the Bahamas, which is kind of cool. But in honor of it, I want to share this with you. And I'm looking at the graphic right now, and it is just beautiful this is courtesy of college football playoff edits on twitter what they did is they took the top 24 teams in college football per the rankings this year and they've set up a bracket it's a hypothetical bracket fcs style or division two style if they were doing the same playoff format as that so basically you've got 24 teams the top 24 teams in the rankings unless you have a conference champion. So all 10 conferences, both Power 5 and Group of 5, are represented. They would get the automatic bid. So you could be ranked, I don't know, whatever, outside the top 24, but if you win your conference, you still get a B in the tournament. So 9 through 24 get to play in the first round, and the higher seed hosts, then the top 8 teams get buys, and they would all get a host the second round. Then from there on, you start getting into bowl games. So I'm looking at the bracket here, and this is just kind of how it's set up. I'm looking at one region, and we can call it, I guess, the Sugar Bowl region, since that's the bowl game that these teams would qualify for. You have LSU, of course, is the top-ranked team. They would host number 16 and 17, the winner of that game. 16 is Iowa. 17 is Memphis, who got in by winning the American uh, activities conference, and that game would be in Iowa City. Winner goes on to play LSU in Baton Rouge. You've got Florida at number nine, hosting number 24, Miami of Ohio, who won the MAC. Winner plays the Badgers in Madison. And then the winners of those two hypothetical matchups would go on to the Sugar Bowl mm-hmm. and win that region. And this is just fascinating. It's beautiful looking at this. I would love this. I doubt it will happen right. in my lifetime, but I would love to see this. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm right there for you. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, maybe the first-round matchups might be a little questionable. But, Some of them. You know, or whatever. But, you know, we would see. I, I, I would have to imagine you would see upsets. Yeah. You, you would have to think, mm-hmm. you know, Florida could go in and, and beat Wisconsin or sure. something like that, you know. It's not like these teams are so, you know, separated or yeah. the talent is so different where – We'd see a bunch of blowouts. I don't think it would be like college basketball where, mm-hmm. you know, we'd always get a couple Cinderella's and things like that. I think, obviously, when you get into, like, the top eight seeds starting to play, some of these lower seeds would be a little different. But, I mean, there would, would be storylines. There would, would be opportunity for teams who, you know, might not have gotten a lot of uh, looks or anything or, or press or throughout the season to come in and, and kind of make a name for themselves. We'd get to see... Different players, mm-hmm. you know, star players from other teams, and and get to know those names and things like that. It would give athletes more exposure, um, and things. So, 
Um, and then just the matchups would be fascinating. Yeah. You know, we'd see teams going up against each other that we never thought we'd see, and and there would be dr- drama. There'd be everything. You know, it, it, it you know it's like March Madness for football. It'd mm-hmm. be, it would be great. I would be down to see it, and I think. It's a great idea, but like you said, will it happen? Probably not. Let's do a little bracketology. Let's see which of these matchups could be potential upsets. Looking in the first round, I don't know if Memphis beating Iowa is that big of an upset because it's the 16-17 matchup. I don't think Miami of Ohio would beat Florida. That's the 9-24 matchup. You have number 12, Auburn, hosting number 21, Cincinnati. I don't think that would be. But your team gets hot, you know. They get a little confidence in the game. They start feeling themselves, and... You know, who knows what could happen. You've got Alabama, the 13th seed. They would host the Sun Belt champion, number 20, Appalachian State. I don't think they would be. As a Michigan fan, anything can happen. <laughs> Let me tell you what. I would love this matchup here, looking at the other side of the bracket. This is the Rose Bowl Regional now. You've got number 15, Notre Dame, hosting number 18, Minnesota. I would love to see that. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a That'd game a you would matchup. absolutely love. I would be so here for that. And, yeah, yeah, I mean. That would be a good good matchup. I think mm-hmm. both teams have talent, and obviously they both have good coaches. So yeah, that that would be one of the intriguing you know games where you'd be like, wow, this is this is pretty cool. You've got number ten Penn State. They would host the Conference USA champion, the Florida Atlantic Owls, the twenty third ranked team, the Fighting Lane Kiffins, the Fighting Lane Kiffins. Except now he's off to Ole Miss. That's true. That's true. Uh, 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 Taggart got the job. He did. What is this guy? How is this guy still getting jobs? <laughs> he's still getting thirty million dollars. This guy's from literally. Just like to not coach. He's literally just coming in the back door at all these universities, destroying <laughs> the program and getting paid obscene amounts. Like, what is who? How does this guy's mind work? I want to know. And then still getting paid to not coach. And then, for yeah, like the and, next then and then yeah, still it's his payments are getting overlapped from his previous jobs. <laughs> so this guy has like four checks coming in, and he's not even showing that he can coach very well. I just don't get this guy. Willie Taggart knows something we don't. Uh, yes, he does. I tell you what, uh, looking at the Orange Bowl Regional now, you've got, well, this matchup happened in the regular season, and it actually was an upset. Number 11, Utah, hosting number 22, USC. Mm-hmm. USC actually won this game in the regular season. be a great matchup. Yeah. You have the, you know, get revenge game. Time for Utah to, you know, claim the Pac, whatever, the Pac-12. <laughs> Pac-10? Is it 12? It's 12. It's 12 now. Yeah. And then you've got the last first-round matchup. You've got the Wolverines, ranked 14th, hosting the Mountain West champs from Boise State, number 19. And I could see Michigan going in and laying an egg. Oh, you pessimist. Listen, (laughs) I'm I'm excited for the Alabama matchup, though. Yeah? I really am. I think it's huge for Michigan. Obviously, way, way more important for Michigan than Alabama. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hoping that half their roster sits out because... You end the year with a win over Alabama. I don't even care who's playing. Yeah. They're still going to be talented. Huge for recruiting, huge for the brand, huge for the you know the national exposure. Um, and right now Michigan's kind of teetering. There's still, they're still a program that players want to go, but mm-hmm. they're not getting those blue chips like Ohio State's getting. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and um, to be successful against teams like Alabama and things, I'm hoping their receivers don't want to play. I'm hoping their whole starters are trying to get ready for the NFL <laughs> or something. But um, that would be a good matchup. You know, Boise – you know they're pretty good. They're yeah, a good team. They usually have some decent players. They yeah. bring some players in the NFL, so they've had some success and won some games. So yeah, I tell you what, looking at some of these second round matchups, and we'll go through them fairly quickly. Do you see any upsets happening here? You'd have number one LSU hosting the Iowa Memphis winner. You'd have number eight Wisconsin hosting the Miami Ohio Florida winner. 
you would have number five Georgia hosting the Cincinnati Auburn winner, and number four Oklahoma hosting the Bama Appalachian State winner. I could see Georgia going down. To, could you? Uh, to Auburn. To Auburn. They played pretty close. I could see the Wisconsin going down. To, going losing to Florida. I could see Bama beating Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, those would be in amazing games. Yes. Amazing That's why games. I hope this would happen. Way someday. more epic games, epic great matchups than than obviously what's there right now. Mm-hmm. Whoever would win those games, by the way, uh, the foremost would go to the Sugar Bowl and the latter teams would play in the Cotton Bowl. Then the two winners would play in the National Semifinal, which is being dubbed the Peach Bowl. On the other side of the bracket, you'd have the Notre Dame-Minnesota winner going to Ohio State. You'd have the Florida Atlantic-Penn State winner going to Baylor. You'd have the Utah-USC winner at Oregon. Apparently, that's just the (laughs) Pac-12 regional. And you would have the Michigan-Boise winner going to Clemson. Some good matchups there. I would love to see Michigan play Clemson. Michigan and Clemson would be a really that good would, one for college be, football. That would be really two good. Two brand names, two good programs. Yeah. Um, obviously, I feel like Utah or USC could go and beat Oregon. I do, too. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some really good match. I could see Notre Dame going and beating Ohio State. I know no, that's Jen. insane. <laughs> I know, but you never know. You never know what could happen. Well, now I'm the pessimist because it's yeah, tough right. for me to see. Whoever wins that Ohio State, Notre Dame, Baylor Regional would play in the Rose Bowl, and whoever wins the Oregon, Michigan, Clemson Regional would play in the Orange Bowl. And then the two winners would play in the Fiesta Bowl, which is the national semifinal. And, of course, everyone would meet for the national championship after that. Oh, man, just think about climbing that mountain. How and, great and would winning. that be, though? How great would that be for college football? Oh, man, especially once it starts dwindling down to the mm-hmm. final teams and just the journey. I mean, it would be it'd be epic. It would be epic. Take away the TV contracts from, like, the Bahamas Bowl and give them to these games. How like, often? Let's make this happen. So, th- so this would just be, like, a week after week after week after week? Probably. Thing? Okay. And, you know, you've got, I don't know how many rounds. It would be, like, four rounds. So you can get it done in a month. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If it's it Dude, breaks playoffs down like that. in a month, the NFL playoffs, right? Yeah, I, I, I've, I don't see anything wrong with that idea. I don't know why they wouldn't look into it. I'm sure the NFL would hate it because <laughs> they're competing. But other than that, I, I mean, man, college football's got that market. I'd love to see it. They, they, they can. They could do it. Will mm. they do it? No, no, they won't. No. I wish they would, though. Yeah. I'd love it. I'd love it, too. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Let's take our last time out. When we come back, I know there's a theory Jake is super high on. Did it come crashing down this week? We'll talk about it next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Store Google Play or check out ESPNUP.com and get the on-demand there. The breaking news earlier this afternoon, Memphis freshman James Wiseman is leaving college. He's heading to the NBA after being ruled ineligible. And he's likely going to be the number one overall pick this year, Jake. I don't, I don't know anyone else who really jumps out at me as being that kind of box office that you know you can't pass up on. But that was the big basketball news of the day, and it will be until Lakers and Bucks tonight. Mm-hmm. We'll get to your theory here in a moment. But Lakers and Bucks both coming off kind of unusual losses, and both with a chance to ride in the ship tonight on national TV. Right. Um, yeah. Both obviously. You know, some win streaks ended, and and um, you know Dallas beating, you know Dallas winning against uh, did they against Milwaukee, Milwaukee without, without Luca, yeah, without Luca. Um, Eighteen game win streak ending. 
Um, it's going to be interesting because Milwaukee's going to be out with, without Eric Bledsoe. Obviously, mm-hmm. LA is going to be out without Kyle Kuzma. 80s questionable. Um, both teams wanting to kind of get back on track, and and I feel like Milwaukee kind of wants to show the the NBA world that don't forget about us. Mm-hmm. Everyone watches LA. No one really is w- talking about Milwaukee that much. Um, you got the Giannis, LeBron James, you know, drama, not really drama, but storyline mm-hmm. where Giannis is going to want to have a good game and trying to be like, I'm up next. Obviously, it's LeBron's world that we're living in, but mm-hmm. once he's gone, another somebody else is going to have to step up. So um going to call it the freak show because those are two freak athletes oh, and they're man. really good. So um, I expect, I mean, if AD plays, I think the Lakers are going to win. Yeah. I do like, I do think the Lakers are a better team right now. But who knows? Who knows what can happen? But, you know, Two really good teams, obviously top Eastern team versus the top Western team coming together. You can't ask for anything better when you talk about NBA right now at this point in the season. I'm looking forward to seeing what the supporting cast looks like because we know what we're going to get out of LeBron against Giannis. We know it's going to be box office, but will Anthony Davis play or will any of the other Bucks actually show up like they didn't against Dallas? Is it literally going to be LeBron against Giannis? To me, that's going to be the biggest so. storyline. Do you really? I, I really hope so. I kind of would like to see I it, just actually. hope they, I, the, all I want, I want Giannis to come down, do mm-hmm. something crazy. LeBron calling for the ball. LeBron dribbling up the floor. Giannis on him. I want to see LeBron drive against him or pull up for three. I want to see him smack talk. I mean, if it was just like the LeBron-Giannis show, I would be okay with that I'd right okay now. With that. Right now. I would um, pay to see one-on-one Giannis and right. LeBron. I think that would be more interesting than some regular season game with, like, Charlotte against Memphis. Right now, I Easily. mean, I, I would say a, there's more than just that one-on-one battle that people would want to witness a little bit more right now than actual games. Yeah. I mean, every time it's like, who would win on one-on-one? I wonder, you know, how they play against each other and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But sometimes that could be even more entertaining, to be honest with you. Um, or like a NBA, like, two-on-two or three-on-three, I think that would be kind of sweet, too. I tell Um, you what. But, yeah, I mean, this is a game, obviously, we're just almost to Christmas right now. Um, Still a lot of season to be played, but I I feel like for both teams, they kind of want to just make a statement a little bit, I guess you could say. I know the Lakers want to kind of show, hey, we're in the Western Conference, we're just a better team than you. And I know the Bucks want to gain a little bit more respect, so... Um, both teams are motivated tonight, you know, obviously coming off losses, like you said, unusual losses to teams they shouldn't have lost to. Um, I think it has everything in the making to be a really good game. I'm glad that you brought up Christmas because we're six days away from Lakers against Clippers, the official start of the NBA season in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, I want to I see both teams healthy. Can you imagine if Kawhi just didn't play? <laughs> load management. Load management. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to sit this one out. I, I'm load management. I think that would actually be hilarious. It but, would be. But, uh... Like I said, like I said, when uh, Kawhi and Paul George came onto the Clippers, I wanted to, you know, I, I jumped on that bandwagon. I'm still thinking they're going to come out of the West, mm-hmm. but I've been watching a lot more Lakers games. I don't know if it's just because they're on TV more. Like, just LeBron and, and that whole crew is just a little bit more interesting. I don't really know what it is, but I think that'd be a good matchup. Obviously, it's a fight for the city of LA, and um, everyone wants kind of the props. They want the bragging rights and. And I know LeBron's kind of eager to be like, hey, I'm still kind of the king here. You, you, we're on the Lakers now. And, and the Clippers are kind of this young up-and-coming team trying to take over the city. And there's, you know, spotlights on L.A. And I think that's how it's going to be in the playoffs, too. So um, that's going to kind of be the, the big story on Christmas. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Before we sign off, I want to get to this because it's been making headlines the last couple of days. Jake has been adamant about a certain theory that a certain disgruntled wide receiver will make his way to a certain football team. 
in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Would you like to tell the listeners about your theory in case they've missed it? Yeah, so um, Odell Beckham, obviously people have, have been hearing about him. Um, he's denying that he's fine in Cleveland and everything's okay and he's going to be ready to you know play it out everything's it's just too special here you know i'm gonna be here um because as of late you've, you've heard rumors of him wanting to go to to new england and play with tom brady and then what really perked my ears up is somebody with inside knowledge has said he'd be willing to go to green bay and play with aaron Rodgers, and that got me thinking about <laughs> that opportunity and um, my fellow Packer fans listening and, and even just my friends and people that I I'm a, I talk to on a regular basis and I'm around are against it. Most The majority vote is like, no, we don't want OBJ to come to Green Bay. But I just feel like if he goes to Green Bay, I, and now I know it probably won't happen. Green Bay probably won't take a chance. Um, you know, Odell saying he wants to stay in Cleveland, et cetera. But you, you pair him up with, with Devontae Adams. You get a speed receiver, uh, you know, a guy that can really create space on the other side. you still got Lazard. Um, I feel like Jay Sternberger is going to be a tight end that, you know, he's kind of like an Evan Ingram type of tight end. Um, you know, he's going to take the next step. I just feel like he's a perfect fit for Green Bay, and I think he would help take this team or this offense over the top. A lot of people don't want, he's like, oh, he's a prima donna, he's going to come and he's a cancer, et cetera, et cetera. The only reason he's been a cancer, he's, he's never been a bad teammate. You know, he's he's always given his all when he's on the field. He just hasn't been playing with, he, he wants to win. The guy wants to win. His attitude will change if he wants to win. He played with an aging Eli Manning. He's playing with Baker Mayfield, who I don't think he's, he's the quarterback that even I thought or a lot of people thought he's going to be. Obviously, they have a lot of work there. Cleveland's coaching situation is all messed up. I think they're several years away. I think he comes to a, a, a team like a Green Bay who's who's ready to win now with a good quarterback, um, a little bit more leaders on the team. I don't think OBJ will be in the Green Bay Packers locker room next to Aaron spouting off mm-hmm. this and that. I think um, similar to what the Patriots way is, um, some guys go in and they kind of fall in line a little bit. And, you know, you, you got guys – that have done it before and have gotten to where you want to be. So I feel like him coming to Green Bay, he would help that offense. Can you imagine Devonta Adams and OBJ with Aaron Jones oh, in the backfield and Aaron Rodgers picking and choosing? I think mm. it would be great. Now I know, like I said, he was in the media yesterday saying, "Hey, I don't want to be there." But do it was so fake. Yeah. It was so fake that he was lying through his teeth. The way he was just so, you know, unenergetic about it. He was smiling, <laughs> giggling through the whole thing. <laughs> You cannot tell me that he was not told by, you know, because it went from the Patriots to the Packers to he wants to go back to L.A. to now he wants to go to Pittsburgh. Then all of a sudden Jarvis Landry wants to go to the Cardinals. Mm. That thing snowballing really quickly, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to get out of the season as well as they can. So he's probably told, go into the media, squash this whole thing. And, and, and he didn't do a good job. I mean, he never once denied that he was out on the field saying, get me out of here. So I'm just saying I think it would be a good fit. I know a lot of Packer fans don't think so. But if we saw him go there, I think, you know, that's that's kind of what they need to kind of put some juice in that offense. My gut tells me he's not going anywhere this season because of a statement reportedly put out by uh, Jimmy Haslam, who owns the Browns, saying that we were winless a couple of years ago. We won seven games last year. We could get to eight and eight this year. So that's improvement. We're building something special. To me, that sounds like such a loser mentality. You're so excited about going from seven, eight, and one to maybe eight and eight if you win out. I don't know. That makes me think that they're not going to trade him if they don't have to. It does feel like an inevitable arms race, though, that Odell Beckham Jr. is either going to end up with Aaron Rodgers 
or Tom Brady when it's all said and done. And if you're Green Bay, you got to start making them an offer that you can't, uh, that Cleveland can't refuse mm-hmm. because draft and develop, you know, that's that's fine. You know, they're just, that's respectable. Not when you have maybe the greatest quarterback of all time quickly aging that's out. That's what of I mean, league. and that's that's been the argument. Like we draft and develop, but can't do that. Don't right have time now. to draft no. and develop. People, Aaron's. Uh, uh, we just talked about him kind of regressing a little bit. We need people. We need veterans. In, that's why I was so like, get a veteran receiver at the trade deadline. People mm-hmm. are like, no, no, let's wait for our receivers. And we don't have time for that. We need people in here that know what they're doing, <laughs> been through it, understand the NFL, know how to get open, and know and want to win. That's what we need. And we don't have time. We don't have time to draft a, a first-round rookie this draft and, and wait two, three years for him to develop. We just don't. It's win now. We have a couple more years with a window. We got to take advantage of it. Bring in OBJ. Mm-hmm. Take a chance. If it blows up in our face, oh, well. But you bring in a guy that passionate and wants to win and as talented as he is, I think it goes back to being that receiver we saw early on in his career, and I think he helps that offense tremendously. Got to go out and get somebody. Give Rodgers a playmaker. Give him some kind of weapon. And then ban Geronimo Allison from the stadium. Don't even let him in anymore. Geronimo Allison, <laughs> MVS, kick rocks. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding, guys. I, I love all, all the Packer players. Tell you what, that's it for us here in the sports pen. You have anything coming up at Local 3 or you're going to get the week off? Um, so next week, uh, we don't have a Christmas or we don't have a Christmas Eve. We're not on air Christmas Eve. We'll be Mm -hmm. back Christmas. Um, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do for Christmas just yet. Um, I'm going to be at the station and not at the station for several days. Um, I got a couple of vacation days I'm going to use, but still tune in. Um, we'll obviously be covering the NBA Christmas, uh, matchups and things like that. And uh, we're very excited for the second half of the season. Sports Zone's coming back January. We're going to do it really big. I mean, we're going to have some really unique content that can't be found anywhere else. That's it for us here at ESPN-UP. For Jake Duran, I'm Tanner Hoop signing off from ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.